And welcome to the Men Up Podcast. I'm Christian Shabu. What up, y'all? Lamar Womble in the his house. Lamar, we are at the end of season five. We did it. Got to the end here right before the holidays really pop off here. Uh, it's been a journey. And, and thank you all who are joining us for this episode, have, who have joined us for the entire season, as we've really been digging into boundaries, understanding our own boundaries, being able to set those boundaries, maintain those boundaries, but also honoring other people's boundaries and understanding how do we repair when we step beyond those boundaries or when boundaries get broken down. So it's been a really powerful season, it's been a shorter season, but a powerful season here. You know, I'm interested, Lamar, as we are here in the final episode of the season, having had some incredible guests, having had incredible conversations with each other in person for the first time in the Men Up podcast history. Are you thinking about boundaries in any different and new ways now at the end of this season? It's been really cool getting the wide range of perspectives um, on boundaries and how people view it and how they implement. And I think what I'm taking away from it is that like boundaries are, are usually unspoken. Mm. And I think what we're doing and what the season has really been about is about like helping people speak them uh, into existence, into reality, into conversation, into your day-to-day lives so that, uh, your boundaries don't have to sneak up on people because they shouldn't have to. And people shouldn't also have to guess. And, and but if, if you don't know your own and you're not able to articulate them, then that can be difficult. Each one of our guests this season who are returning guests, who are good friends here of the podcast of each other, they brought such powerful perspective to this conversation around boundaries uh, that I think have certainly honed or or clarified my understanding of boundaries. And so I'm reminded of the conversation with JP Reynolds uh, in the last episode where one, we just identified, you know, this boundaries stuff is complex, right? It's it's not an easy thing. We, we may like to think it's easy, just, oh, I understand my boundary. And then I set that boundary with people and, you know, we either honor them or we break them and that's it. But it's, it's such a complex and nuanced thing. And what I really appreciated about what JP brought to the conversation was this idea of understanding the stakes, right? Like we're able to repair our boundaries or set them in kind, loving, direct ways, given the stakes of that relationship, right? And and the thing I'm thinking about is in some of my relationships, like we might have different stakes in the relationship. Like I might think a relationship, the stakes are really high and they might not be as high for the other person and vice versa, right? So even just understanding that piece is really important to maintaining and honoring boundaries. And then I think about Coach Carolyn and us identifying that in the sports world, you know, we're in a position now where athletes particularly are, are finding some space, newfound freedom, if you will, and power to set new boundaries in their sports and in their context. And yet that can be challenging, right? Like having that power newly to redefine boundaries for sports or within our society is an important thing, right? A powerful impasse in our society, I think, in a lot of ways. And it can be really challenging to have that power newly and know how to wield it. And then I'm reminded at the very beginning of our season when we had George Black on the podcast and him framing boundaries as how I can love myself and love you equally. And I think that's just such a powerful framing for boundaries for me. Absolutely. Ain't no question about it. So as we're wrapping up season five here, you and I were really excited to end the season 
again, being really specific and tangible and focusing on the discipline it takes to maintain a boundary. It's one thing to set a boundary with ourselves, for ourselves, with other people. It's another thing to have the discipline to maintain that boundary. And so we wanted to get really tangible with this. Hopefully y'all who are listening are gonna take away some really powerful things for yourself as we're going into the holidays, as we're going into this new year in maintaining, setting boundaries for yourself and with your community and the people you love. But we thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to get really clear of some boundaries that we maintain in our own life and the discipline it takes to maintain those, to keep them, or if we have to shift them, the discipline to do that as well. You know, make it practical. That's what we're all about here at the Men Up Podcast. Let's make it practical. So I'm going to start us off with a boundary that I have. And, you know, I've mentioned this a lot here on this podcast. It should come as no surprise to the people that my relationship with my mom is of the highest priority. It is not the highest priority, but it is certainly uh, a boundary that I maintain in my life that my mom, you know, if you ever have to rank your your boundaries or your priorities, uh, you know, in top five, my relationship with my mom is top five, really important relationship to me. It's funny when I was thinking about how does that boundary sort of come up since I was a little kid, right? It was always about this idea of being a mama's boy, right? Yeah. And I can, I can remember uh, as, a, as a young boy hearing that from, you know, my classmates or friends, and I would respond really negatively to that. Like it felt like it was something negative, right? And I had to like fight back and be like, I'm not a mama's boy. There was this whole, you know, thing about being tough and, and being manly and all that sort of stuff that's wrapped up that we try to like surface here in the Men Up podcast and then break down and, and reshape in more powerful and equitable ways. But I feel like I've started to embrace that a lot more as an adult. Like I will actively say, hey, I'm a I'm a proud mama's boy. Yeah. And even within that, I'm reminded of how important language is, because there have been times in relationships with other people, particularly partners, with women that I've been involved with, that they don't always know what to do with me saying I'm a mama's boy. Right. Because you know what? Honestly, people have different relationships to that phrase, to that idea. Right. And so we're coming at those with different with different understandings. Like my understanding of that is my mom is a priority. Uh, that is somebody that I have not just a strong relationship with as mother and son, but the way that I grew up, the, the circumstances we grew up in, like we were very much teammates right? from the very yeah. beginning. We had to rely on one another. Right. And so that's what I mean. So in maintaining that boundary, I'm clear that sometimes I need to be more explicit with what I mean by that and not just rely on the, oh yeah, I'm a mama's boy. Yeah, that's interesting. Have you found that um, in in romantic partnerships, relationships, that it has been a, a challenge or a controversial or, or, or your partners feel like they're competing? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, not every partner, certainly. I, you know, I think every, every woman that I've had a meaningful long lasting relationship with however long it's been I, I think has handled it differently i think where it's been a challenge is when maybe maybe they don't know the fullest extent of like what does it mean for me uh to be a mama's boy and so what that means is like one like i'm gonna prioritize talking to my mom daily right even if it's just for a couple minutes right but but that's a priority uh two is that i definitely feel a way like if a partner starts to like criticize my mom I definitely feel a way about oh, that. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think that like sometimes, and this is where I need to be better about it, uh, I need to articulate on the front end, like, hey, 
if my mom does something and like that doesn't jive with you or whatever, like let's absolutely talk about that. But if you're just kind of like being critical for being right. critical sake of my mom, like mark, offhand a comment. Right. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm going to respond a certain way to that. And, and there've been times where, uh, you know, that woman, that partner has probably not known that or has known it and kind of disregarded it. And, and that's, that's been an issue. She fucked around and found out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around and found out real quick. You know what? I, I just really think it's such an interesting dynamic what you're describing. Um, because like you said, you're, you grew up with your mom like as as partners, like y'all worked together to raise, to for you to, obviously she raised you, but y'all worked together to take care of the household and make sure you have what you need and for, and for both and emotional support, right? Yeah. Um, and as you get older, in your particular situation, it seems like with that relationship, is very unlikely to change. So I'm interested in not necessarily what you described on how those partners may have showed up sometimes, but how much, what's your boundary between what's happening in your relationship and your mom telling your mom? Yeah, that's a good question. Right. Uh, Is there, is there, how much do you tell her? How much don't you tell her? Do you tell her nothing? Do you give it generalities? What do you do? I want to start by clarifying, you know, around the, like being partners, being teammates, right? Like, I got to give my mom all the props in the world. And I think I do often, but like, even in that partnership of like relying on each other a little bit more than just mother and son, like she was doing the vast majority of the heavy lifting there. Right. right? So yeah. like, let's be clear. Right. Let's and, be clear. And, and shout out to you, Jackie. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, I mean, you're just a little, you're just a little, you know, just a little, just a little, little guy coming up. You, I mean, you're just doing your part. You know, in a situation that at times was, was tough for a lot of different reasons, like you have to rely on one another, right? The, the stakes are just a little bit higher, you know? I think I've definitely been selective with, you know, when there are challenges uh, within a relationship of, you know, airing out all of those challenges to my mom, right? I I think the space or or the reason why I do that is because like, I want to make sure that like the relationship between uh, that, that woman and my mom is good, right? Like, like, that's something that's valued with me. And and that sort of is like, you know, in thinking about uh, the I guess you call them deal breakers, right? If I'm if I'm going to be serious about a relationship, if it's going to be you know a meaningful long term one, and saying like, hey, I don't want to dictate the relationship that 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 woman and my mom have, but like I want them to be able to have a relationship, right? Because I have a relationship with her, right? And so to that end, right, like I don't want to I don't want to tip the scales on either side of saying like, oh, here's here's all the stuff that my mom's doing that's frustrating me, or here's all the stuff that my partner's doing that's frustrating me, or and like air out that laundry with the other one. Like I want them to have a relationship that isn't isn't encumbered by those, by by my challenges with them, you know? And also is a boundary that a lot of people have to work through themselves because normally people that have the type of relationship you have with your mom, like tell their parents everything that happens in their in their relationship. And I'm talking about like everything. And I think that's one thing that I've always appreciated about my partner is that like, like she, she just doesn't divulge details like that, right? At a, at a high level um, in general. And I don't think she's ever done that. Um, but like, there's a the part of that that I find sacred um, and appreciative. And like, I think with my own parents, like with my mom, like selective is probably the best word to put it. Like yeah. depending on what or when, um i'll share and she asked she asked a lot which i actually appreciate and she's like how's everything going but like my you know my parents been through it your parents went through it like uh, so many of our parents went through it 
And so I think they have a unique perspective of understanding yeah. and willingness to work through even what you're sharing with them, even if it sounds bad or frustrating, they're like, it's work, right? You know, keep going and they, and they, they get it. So what about for you? What is, what is a boundary you find really important to be maintaining in your life? When I was thinking about this conversation, the, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, my social media boundary. I, I love social media as as a as a as a tool and as a connection um, and networking and and for business purposes, which is what I mostly use it for. But it can make you feel like you're not doing enough, right? Like, and and I know that like there's ways to automate, and I know there's ways to prep and plan, and so you're not you yourself spending as much time on it, but like it is exhausting and this is like it's exhausting even when you're not running a business like when you're just like somebody on there that uses it so if you're just like a regular person that uses it you can feel like i'm not posting enough or i am not doing enough of my life and as a business person you definitely feel like dang like i need to get more content out there so more people know who i am and i can get more uh follows and likes and more opportunities for business and i just like got I, two years ago, I just came to a point where I was like, I like I cannot, like I cannot keep this up. And it, it wasn't something that stressed me out, but like I knew that like when I was uh, active on social media, that helps my business. Like I'm clear that like when I'm active, that it brings opportunities my way. And then it, the question became like, well, how active do I want to be? And I'm like, I can't do it every single day. Like, I'm not trying to come up with something clever. I'm not trying to write copy. I'm not trying to come up with some marketing thing. So I decided two years ago, I'm like, I'm only going to post Mondays, Monday mornings where I feel like I get the most eyeballs on my stuff, the most attention. And Mondays has kind of been my boundary for the last two years where I just post on Mondays. And it's actually really allowed me to just like, not worry about it right like i'm and to say like you know what i'm doing enough so that's one big one in terms of business and then i've got another one about social media in terms of um uh personal right before the election before before joe biden got elected i was on facebook a lot just like arguing with fools about politics like i'm talking about arguing with fools oh i saw it yeah yeah and and there's, you know, there's some folks out there that are just trolls, bro. Like they just love trolling and they can't even help it. And I'm just like, why, like, why is this person taking up rent-free space in my mind? Like, why am I thinking about them when I'm off social media? Like, why is this, you carry it and you don't even realize like how much it weighs on you and stresses you out and like frustrates you and annoys you. And my friend came to me, my boy JT was like, why don't you just delete them? And I was just like, nah, 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 I can't delete them. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, that's not a reason to delete somebody. But like, after a while, I was just like, I can't deal with this. Like, I deleted like multiple, multiple people. And I, when I tell you that it was like the biggest refresher of my lifetime, like realizing that like, oh, that was like actually stress I was carrying. I didn't need to about people's opinions that I do not care about and I do not want to hear from because really they're just like fucking around, like just trying to piss me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I decided to just post on Facebook or Instagram once a week. Ooh, 
I, I mellowed out across the board. Like you could feel the difference. So beyond just that personal sort of easing of that tension relief, why is setting this boundary so important to you? From a business standpoint, I look at it two ways. I think um, one is even though I know when I'm active on social media that like it brings attention to me, like there were, there was no social media before Facebook came out, I guess, technically maybe AOL, whatever. But before like Facebook, like the real first social media came out, there were businesses and there were businesses that made lots of money and they didn't need or use social media. And so I just, I, I, I've got mentors of mine, cool speak, multi-million dollar company doing the work that I do. And up until last year, they didn't really have a social media presence. So my mindset just had to swap around and say, you know what? Yes, it helps you build business, but it's not the only way you can build business. And I was like, they don't have any social media following and they have a million dollar business. So that tells me that there's another avenue, another path. I don't have to do this all the time in order to stay relevant, stay on the forefront and to build my business. I can do it other ways. And so that helped me take a breather and just be like, okay, I can go to networking. I can go to conferences. I can do some of these more traditional things to get where I'm going as opposed to like having to post to social media six days a week, three times a day. What do you do with the outside feedback or chatter, whether it's from people who are already influencers that will maintain, oh, you have to be posting in this way or that way to build your business, right? Or even people in your own community that might say, oh, Lamar, we don't hear from you anymore. Or like, why aren't you posting anymore? Or whatever the case may be, like, there might be that feedback from the broader community of like, hey, you need to, you need to do more on social media, right? Pushing against that boundary. What, what do you do with that? I have not really gotten that. But I think what I have found is that my one post a week is actually enough. And I've also uh, spoken with multiple like business coaches in terms of like trying to grow my coaching business that have said like, if you post consistently once a week, you're in the algorithm, like you're flowing. So that's really all you need to do. And then it's more of like direct mail, inboxing, specifically seeking out your target market and reaching out to the people that fit the profile that you're trying to reach out to. It's funny to hear you talk about, you know, being on Facebook particularly and like having conversations that were usually like political and, and you know, sort of like going back and forth, maybe talking a little bit of shit here and there. Because I know on some level you like to do it, right? It, it sort of is probably a love-hate relationship, right? So so what did you have to do for yourself, whether it was like checking your own ego or, or like that internal conversation and just say, you know what, like even though there might be some part of me that likes this a little bit, enjoys it it's ultimately not good for me and I need to step away. Yeah, I, I think that I enjoyed it. But what I realized is that like, when I, when I really took a year to like dive into empathy, that, that's really what I, what I did. Um, I took a year and, and just taught myself how to be empathetic. Um, and that means I had to stop putting my opinion on every conversation mm. and just listen to people's opinion and be like, Okay, got it. That's what you think? Okay, got it. That's what you believe? Okay, cool. Right? And um, and that really helped me get to a point where I'm just like, people, especially when we get to our age, if they're 40, it's not that their mind can't be changed, but like 
good luck. It's probably not going to change. You know what I mean? Like they feel how they feel. They believe what they believe. And I'm not in the business of changing minds. Like I'm just in the business of like um, trying to expose them to another way of thinking or another way. And they don't have to believe it or not. And that helped me just be like, you know what? If that's what gives you peace, man, go live your life. Cause I don't care. You know what I mean? As long as you're not doing nothing violent or anything that's harmful, whatever, live your life. And I think even in some of the conversations that we get into on the Met Up, right? Where like you and Will might be a little bit more worked up about it. And I'm a little bit more like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that same, same energy generally. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about with me getting worked <laughs> up in conversations. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's funny that leads to my second boundary that I really want to talk about, which is in moments of difficult conversation, maybe when they start to get a little bit more emotionally charged, the boundary that I have is needing to step away from the conversation, right? And, and, and I got to say, like, there has, in the last couple of years, both been a lot of growth that I can acknowledge for myself in how to do that. But man, is there so much more growth to do there. And I think the, the greatest amount of growth is in the how I articulate that that's a boundary with me, particularly with the people that I love that usually am in those conversations with, right? Like there's some level of like, in heated debate with just people, whether it's online or in community that I don't really don't, that I really don't know. There's some level of like, cool, I'm gonna step away from this. Like, we can talk about it later if you want to, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but with the people that like I care about, right? Like you, partners, family members, right? Like there, there is, there's telling people on the front end that like, hey, I might do this. Like I might have to step away and I'm gonna come back to it. Like, or, and yeah, we right. can we come back to We are going to work through it. I will work through it with you. Right. But right. if I need to step away, and I gotta be clear, like there have been a lot of times in my life where I've faltered on that, right? Where I just, where I just kind of step away. I, I don't, I don't say a thing, right? Like, and, and that can cause problems sometimes. Honestly, like that—that's really the area where where there's a lot of growth left. In in those moments where you've like led with your mouth, because I think what happens is like, say on a first date, or not even first, that might be too aggressive. If you're getting in arguments that first date, that's probably a good sign. Hey. You might not want to keep doing this. <laughs> but, but not not even an argument, though, because I think sometimes like in conversation, you can mention what your boundaries are and those people like may not either pick up on it or they just may not believe it until it actually happens in between you. Um, and so like when you say like, hey, like, yeah, I've, you know, sometimes I just got to like take a break. But that person's like, OK, yeah, cool. That makes sense until they're in the in the situation with you and it's emotionally charged. And then you leave and they're like, what the fuck? As opposed to when they were in that conversation with you initially, they're like, yeah, totally get that. Like, why would you not? Right? Like, how, how has it worked out when you've, if you've shared that in the beginning, trying to establish the boundary? I have to take a lot of ownership too in this, right? Which is, there are times in those heated conversations, like there, there are times where it can really like maintain composure. And, and even when things are getting heated, be like, hey, you know what? I gotta step away from this right now because I'm not doing well. Like, let's come back to this, right? right? Sometimes where that works, and then sometimes like, I gotta get out of here, right? And, and those are two different messages, right? Because the I gotta right. get out of here leaves a lot left unanswered, right? Right, right. And like, literally, and so, you must leave where I'm. Like, I cannot be in this presence right, right now, right? Right. Or even sometimes may not even use any words, just like, I'm out, right? Like, <laughs> and that's a problem. Like that, that is, right. that's a problem for the other person. That's also right. a problem for me too. Right. And, and, and so I think when it's been made a big deal, 
and this is what we've talked a little bit about throughout this season is, you know, once, once the boundary is known, right, whether it's set on the front end or through experience, right, you experience that thing, you experience some challenge, and it's like, oh, actually, that was a boundary, we understand our boundary now. If it's continually pushed up against, I think that's where the problem is, right? And I've had those experiences where whether it's friends or partners, right, like, it will be a problem for that person that I'm stepping away. And after so many times, like, you gotta start to think like, is this really gonna, is this gonna be some sort of deal breaker? The fact that like, right. I need to step away and, and this is pushing up against whatever boundary you might have, right? Friend, partner, whoever it is. And, and we come to an impasse and, and maybe it means that we really either can't be friends, can't be partners, can't have these difficult conversations together, which probably means we need to reevaluate our relationship. Did it first come up for you as a way to cope? Or like, was there something that when you were younger, it helped you get out of situations or, you know what I mean? Like, was there something that happened when you were younger or is it just like something you adapted as you got older and like, didn't want to deal with certain situations or just needed time to, to breathe? I think I've mentioned this on the, the podcast for, I've certainly mentioned it with you in conversation as a kid, man, I, I just felt really angry mm. a lot. And, and truthfully, it wasn't just anger, right? I didn't totally have the language around what I was feeling, right? There was, there was frustration, there was disempowerment, there was, you know, some level of abandonment, right? all these kind of emotions, but because I didn't have the language for that, because I was young, it just manifested as anger, right? So like, I could, I could feel that. And, and even to this day, like, can still in, in times of like argument or real frustration, feel that. So I think the sort of walking away was just kind of the, like the easiest sort of, hey, I'm feeling this thing. I don't know how to deal with it. I know if I stay here, it's not going to be good, right? I'm going to say things that I don't mean. I'm going to act out in physical ways. Just knowing that, like having enough experience there. And I think the other thing, honestly, is that I don't know if I had great examples as a kid of like, how do you have difficult conversations and, and have those be fair, equitable, empathetic, and that's really hard. Like that, that, that's really hard for anybody to do. Right. So I'm not, I'm not putting that on my parents. Like, Oh, parents, you fucked up. You didn't right. show me the yeah. way I mean, here. That's right. So like, complex. It's so, right. complex. It's so, it's so complex. Right. But, but like, I, I think, um, I think it actually speaks like to our, to our communities and our society, like that we don't, we don't create enough space for any of us to understand how do you have difficult conversations in an empathetic loving, caring, equitable way. No, I, I think that's real. And then what what have you found has been the, the counter to that boundary, right? Because as you said, like some people might also meet you there because they're like, oh, that's what I do too. So we both can step away. Or you could be like in, 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 in my partnership, we're like, I don't like to take time. Like I like to let's hammer it out now, right? And it's more like, I need I need time to think, decompress, get my thoughts together and then come back to it. What have you found to be like the middle ground for yourself? Well, I think the the piece you just identified, by like we're coming back to this, and we've talked about this couple for a couple minutes now, that is like such a critical element to this is like whatever that boundary is for me, for the other person, like the things that we have to do to honor each other in these difficult conversations, the acknowledgement of like, we are going to come back to this. We might not understand what that is in the moment. It might not be said in that moment when when emotions are high, but like a commitment on the front end in that relationship to like, when we do have these hard times, we are going to come back to this. 
I think is really important, right? Because because I, I know in, in relationships that I've had, right? Like when that's not clear, like that, that leaves certainly the other person feeling a little bit, I mean, certainly disempowered, abandoned, right? And I know I don't want to feel those things either, right? And so, so I think that like having that commitment on the front end of like, we will come back to these really difficult things. We're, we're committed to that is really important. Yeah, you know, I, I think to add to that, like, that's something really practical people can do, which is like, say, hey, let's, let's come back to it. I think another thing that I, I've been trying to work on is, I think sometimes when I get worked up into difficult conversations, you know, in, inside my partnership, what I really try to do lately is just like, just breathe, man. Mm. So instead of like, responding, I'm just like, you know what I mean? And not in like a huffle puff way, but just like in a, all right, Lamar, just listen, like, just listen and, and breathe your way through your response instead of responding. Right. And I, and I think that is, that has been able to help me because um, I need that skill and that tool um, inside of tough conversations sometimes with, with my partner. So, you know, Zeno might've been the one to teach me that, to be honest, in, in, in other aspects of our life, but like, just like, and just listening and uh obviously it doesn't always go well but like sometimes i get it right and sometimes i don't sometimes we get it right sometimes we don't and the commitment is to keep going and also for your partner or whoever your friends give you grace and for you to continue to give yourself grace because nobody's perfect man nobody's perfect and we all working at it or trying to be better at least i think we are well, I think that's a beautiful thing to end on for season five here as we enter into the holiday season. Thank you all so much for joining us for this season. If you've joined us for many seasons prior to that, thank you. Or if this is your first or even your first episode, we appreciate y'all. And know that very soon in the next month or so, we will be back for season six. Lamar and I, we got some really exciting plans for the future of the Men Up podcast. So we hope that you join us for that. We love you. The Men Up podcast is a grin and bear production. The soundtrack is courtesy of Mike McGinley Music and visual artwork by Viotti Design Studio. Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting themenup.com.